Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host. And with me is a man that says the first guy who threw shit into a fan never really knew what an incredible <laughs> legacy he would leave. It's Dale. Oh, shit. That's funny as hell. <laughs> I was thinking about that scene from Airplane. <laughs> Somebody says that shit hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he didn't. He just didn't realize you know, he, the, the impact he's going to have. He got a legacy, man. He probably got an impact back in the face. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> Hi, right, bud. Oh shit! You got any good, any good shout outs for us? First man? of all, how are you feeling, man? Man, I am feeling great. Awesome. Yep, I am. That's good to know. I am great. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been worried about you. We've been calling you every every two minutes. Don't let you get in a rest. See how you doing. So it's good to be back in the saddle. I'm glad to see you up and good and feeling fine. I am doing great. Awesome. Yep. Okay, now what'd you say? Hello. <laughs> back to the other yeah, shit. The I decided to do it, man, because you know we we were all worried about you. Well. I appreciate everybody worrying about me, but, you know, we're good. Everything's all, everything good. So we're back to recording. Groovy. You got any good shout-outs for us, man? I do, man. We got a couple I'd like to give a little thanks to you. Thanks so much for you guys for jumping on that thing and giving us a five stars. We really appreciate it. So first one, shout-outs goes to uh, Tiffany W. That's all I got. So she loves it. She really loves the way you uh, introduced me with this all this corny shit. And it's kind of funny because I never know what's coming. So it, that just makes it that much better. So that was a good one today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure she liked that. And we got a shout-out to uh, Bizarre Ash. Imagine that. Bizarre Nate gets his name on here one more time. I think he's about to get the record for most mentions. Bizarre Nate? <laughs> yeah, that's our husband's. So Bizarre Ash is married to Bizarre Nate, and she said that she has ordered her a coffee mug, and she loves us so much because uh, probably Bizarre Nate has probably made her listen to it, so now she loves us. But anyway, she really loves the, the North Carolina stories and, and the, that home touch. So two more big fans. We appreciate you guys. Absolutely. So t- tell a friend to keep sharing. Bizarre Ash and Bizarre Nate. Yeah. They are bizarre. Uh, they are bizarre. I can't wait to meet them. They are bizarre five-star. The five-star bizarre. Ash. And Nate. Ash Nate. Ash Nate. <laughs> All right. It's like an hashtag. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dale, you got anything else for us? Yeah, we got a, don't forget, the uh, end of the show today, we got a special uh, outro for you. Our friend uh, from Texas via Gastonia, uh, Angie Williams, will be featured today. So don't forget to check that out. And uh, don't forget, send them send them in here so we can get you queued up and ready. Anybody wants to do it, just give us a holler and we'll put you in line. That's right. It's fun stuff. You got anything else for us? Anything? Oh, well, you know, you can always go over to the 
Yeah, hell, you do it. You do the, the, you can get, all, out, get out the promo hammer. <laughs> you can always go over to the website and click that donate button, leave some cash in the, in the mason jar. Yep. Put it in the tip jar. Or you can uh, go to the store page, get you a t shirt. Or you can get you a coffee mug, just like Bizarre Ash did. Yep. And you can go like Bizarre Ash and Bizarre Nate and leave a five star rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That's right. They got t shirts and coffee mugs. What y'all got? Yep. <laughs> All right, Dave, we're going to get into our episode, man. This is going to be a, a little bit different today. It's going to be fun, I think. Well, I think it'll be good for everybody. It's going to kind of a good twist of what we've been doing and uh, something a little bit different but it's going to be definitely fun because you know uh on our last episode a couple of three weeks ago we covered the loomis fargo heist yeah from just down the street here yep and today we are super super excited to have on our show live from florida yep uh david gant right he was the vault supervisor yeah at loomis at loomis, loomis. He's the one loaded the truck all by himself. And we are pleased to have David on the show today. All right, man. Hey, David, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening. Before we get started, I just want to, I've got some questions that I've, I've been dying to ask you, man. Me and Dale covered your case on our last episode a couple weeks ago. And there, you know, everything I've read and listened to online, there's a lot of misconceptions about the Loomis Fargo heist, I guess people retelling the story, you know, kind of like playing a telephone game. What are some misconceptions that you've heard that just didn't happen? Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't even pay that much attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't even like if I do a podcast with somebody or uh, do an interview, I never watch them. Okay. And, um, I don't, I don't keep track of that stuff. Yeah. You just tell um, your story and go on, huh? Yeah, I just tell my story and go on. <laughs> I don't care too much about it, really. Yeah. You lived it. You don't really have to worry about it, do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I've got the T-shirt. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to watch. Yeah. I don't need to read the book. There you go. Uh, but you did write a book, too, didn't you? Um, No, a guy by the name of Jeff Diamond. He wrote one. Let's see. Good Lord. That's been 20-some-odd years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he did a really good job and, uh, yeah, I, I wrote a self-help book about three or four years ago, but uh, that's the extent of my writing. <laughs> that's pretty cool though. Yeah. So, uh, one of the misconceptions is how much money did you actually take yourself when you went to Mexico? Um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever given an exact like dollar amount, but well, you know, Somewhere ballpark. between 30, 30 and 40,000. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because it's always from real low to over 60. And I was like, hell, he's got to be a little closer than, you know, that. So appreciate that. Yeah. That's one of them, you know. You were stuffing that stuff everywhere, weren't you, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, um, to be honest, I'm not a, a, I'm not 100% sure how much it was because I, I was stuffing. I know I I can stuff in a I wear a, a size eleven and a half double E boot. Oh yeah. And in my cowboy boot I could get about twelve grand in twenties in uh, one boot with my foot in it. I love so yeah. But it's it's not fun to walk in, but you oh, can do it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean look so, what look what you want. Dollar, <laughs> the exact dollar amount, you know, it's you know Yeah. I don't I don't 
I, I don't even know. So. You, you were just basically grabbing the money and getting the heck out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm sure the time was, wasn't on your side because you'd spent, you'd spent a few hours in the vault just trying to get out of there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bad part is you did all the damn work and they spent all the money. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah they were up here living it up and like they were supposed to be laying low and, and living high on the hog. And at what point? Yeah. Yeah, uh, David, when you were, when you got to Mexico and you were pretty much living it up down there, weren't you, for a while? Oh, yeah. Um, imagine this you go on vacation and you do every touristy thing there is to do i mean like the the first hotel i had they literally had like a a list of things and being the the weirdo that i am i just started to top the list and went (laughs) went all the way down oh yeah well hell yeah you might as well you know um from from riding horses on the beach jungle tours seeing the runes scuba diving snorkeling you know the whole i just went down the list yeah Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were like in a more touristy kind of place or more rural, but I guess that answers that question. <laughs> well, I was in Cancun. Right. And during that time of the year, you know, it's relatively quiet. You know, for it's, Cancun. It's yeah. Quiet. But, it, you know, Cancun's a party town, so it's never really quiet. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> at what point, you know, when you were in Mexico, you were running out of money. You were partying a lot, doing a lot of things, and they were supposed to bring you some money back down there. They were supposed to bring you some more cash. And what yeah. was what was the deal? I mean, you were you were talking to Kelly pretty regular. You know, I, I'm running out of money. I've got you've got to bring me some money. How long was it? You know that you had to wait for them to come. You know, bring you some more money. I mean, what was like a timeline on that? You know. Well, and that, that was one of the things that kind of made me suspicious that things weren't going right. Mm-hmm. Because you can smuggle anything you want into Mexico. Going south is easy. Right. Okay? I mean, you you could probably walk an elephant across the border and nobody would care as long as he was wearing a sombrero. Yeah. No one would give a crap. Yeah. Um. But, you know, naturally coming north is, you know, the problem. Right. But, uh, and, uh. I mean, I'd even told him, you know, all you got to do is box my money up and mail it to me. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was thinking. They just kept um, giving you the runaround, didn't they? You know, and then when he showed up at my, my apartment, and he's only got eight, $9,000, I'm thinking, wait a minute. I walked through the airport with easily three times that. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's either robbing... You know, he's either taking a really big cut out of this or something, something's, something's amiss. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, after he left that first time, I called Kelly up and fussed at her. Not that it did me any good. Yeah. That made you feel better, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So you were down there and he was supposed to bring you another, say, 50,000 bucks and show up with like eight or 9,000. And say yeah, that's all he could write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would raise a lot of red flags. Yeah, it did. Is that when you sort of become suspicious that you know, they may be out to get you? Um, or what? I knew someone, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it if that but, was uh, if that was the point when you realized that you know they may be they may may have a hit out for me or. or... Uh, 
I, I just knew I couldn't trust him anymore. I knew that. That's 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 all you really need to know. Yeah, I got you. Well, like I've said in, in most all my other interviews, to me it was just a business deal. Okay, say uh, me, you, and Dale sit down, and we all like pie, right? Oh yeah. And I have access to a lot of pie. <laughs> well, I I don't care how much pie you and Dale take, right? As long as I get my third of the pie. I really don't care. The leftover pie is y'all's. Just send me my pie. That's, that, that was the business deal to me. Yeah. yeah and that, that's, that's all it was. Right. Mm-hmm. But they got greedy and they wanted to shit you. I think that's why. You know, and I thought about it a yeah, lot of times, and, you know, really, man, they could have really just shot you and left you in the van right down the road from Loomis. And Well, that, that's the thing. When I, when I was in the van um, from Loomis, yeah. I was wearing my... Uh, I was wearing my body armor, and I had my 38 on my hip, and I had my 45 uh, in my little book bag. Oh, so bet. yeah, so you were thinking ahead it, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it would have been a fracas if somebody pulled a firearm. Yeah, see, and I've never heard that before. That's pretty smart on your part. Yeah, I've never heard that anywhere. Well, well when a company gives you free body armor, you should avail yourself of it. You should, yeah, yeah, right. yeah you should, uh, yeah. Speaking, it all over you, yeah. Speaking of the company, this the third the third uh, videotape that you left. Did you not know about that one? Was that one one that was hid from all other employees or something? Yeah, okay. yeah. The one that I didn't get was the hidden one that only the manager knew about. Oh, okay. And I, I yeah. had missed it when I went looking for him. That's what I figured. I was like, surely he wouldn't just left it. He must have been the one that they just didn't tell uh, everybody about. Yeah. But either way, I mean, they knew you were the vault manager. They knew, or supervisor, they knew when they came in the next morning oh, that yeah. they knew it would have been you. Yeah. I mean, there wouldn't have been no doubt. Oh, yeah, they, they, they figured it They figured it out in about 10 minutes. Of course. Well, the only thing they didn't know if it was somebody, you know, like holding your family up and making you do it or if you did it on your own, that kind of thing. Yeah. Until the your uh, gang left the videotapes in the van with the keys <laughs> and everything else. So yeah, well, trying to set you up from the, from the jump start. See, if they hadn't screwed up like that, the story wouldn't be as interesting. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because this, uh, this story, you know, intrigued me when it happened because this is just right down the road it's from just us, down the dude. street, man. Yes, yeah, so it's really cool. Yeah, it's just right across the county line from us. <laughs> yeah, y'all are in uh, Cleveland County? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, just up the road. Absolutely. Do you ever get back up this way any? Um, It's been years since I've been up there. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Well, if you make a trip back up this way, give us a holler, man. Yeah, we'll buy you beer or something. <laughs> yeah. We'll hang out for a little while and shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us, David, when you went to prison, were you in prison with any other ones involved, or were you all in separate, um, separate facilities? We were in separate facilities. Okay. Um, That was one of the things that the, the Bureau of Prison didn't like. Um. They did not want to put any of us together, and I, I. It took me a long time, but I eventually got one of the people, one of the uh, I call them counselors, but they're one of the upper, like management people in, in the prison. They were like, "Listen, there's still a lot of money missing. These people tried to kill you. You know, mm-hmm. they keep trying to the one, the one guy keeps trying to, to come where you're at, and he's never going to come here as long as you're here." Yeah. So. He says, yeah, 
we're we're not going to take that you know liability. Right. Which so, makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you served uh, five years of a seven-year sentence. Is that right? Um, it comes out to be right around almost six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I've heard I heard or read somewhere that it was anywhere from five to six. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things yeah. I've read and a lot of things online that you know it varies from outlet to outlet. Yeah, story so, it changes. Yeah, it gets changed a lot. Especially us, yeah. us armchair detectives, we you know we <laughs> like to research stuff and learn about things like this. So you know it gets reported different ways. Yeah, if I'd have got my perfect amount of good time, it'd have been just a little over. It'd have been just shy of six, but nobody's a perfect model inmate right? yeah. in their in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing about six and some change. Yeah, during that time, David, what uh, what turns you around? When you, uh, you know, you said you, you changed your life and got to thinking about this. What, at what point in prison did that work uh, start working for you? I was sitting there one night and all the bunks are made out of steel. The mattress is like two inches thick. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, and I'm just looking. I can see all these, all these guys. It's like two in the morning in the prison and prisons are never, ever quiet, ever. And I'm like, what have I done to my life? I mean, I grew up in a good home, I had good education. You know, what, 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 you know, what, what, what was I thinking? What was I, you know, what went through my brain? Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I hit the library and um, I read some psychology books and a lot of self-help books. And I did a lot of research. I started pulling myself apart, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'd read a self-help book, and it suggests something, and I'd try it for, you know, 20, 30 days or whatever. I, I had nothing but time. Um, I mean, I did yoga for a while, you know, meditation, all kinds of stupid shit, and I just started working on me little bit by little bit, yeah. and I come to realize that, you know, the guy I was before prison was, you know, as, as my wife likes to say, he was a hot mess and didn't even know it, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, I just started reinventing, reinventing me. And I think, you know, if you're in a situation like I was, you know, prison's not a great place, but you should make the best of it as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Right, and one thing it does give you is lots of, lots of time to spend on you. I can, and that's I, what I did. Yeah. That's a pretty smart way to look at it. But before prison, I mean, you were working at Loomis. I mean, you weren't making great money, but I mean, you had served in the military. You, mm-hmm. you'd uh, thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah, definitely. And you had uh, become the vault manager. I mean, you wouldn't like I said, you weren't making a lot of money, but I mean, you had a, you got a good life. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, and so you wasn't really that bad of a guy before. I mean, you said you had a pretty good childhood and everything was pretty cool there. I guess a lot of stress built up with you and your wife and that damn credit card bill, and then then you had uh, old Kelly knocking on the door. That probably really prompted you into going that route, huh? Yeah, 
I mean, but there were a lot of things that I kept hidden from the world, you know. Uh-huh. And when I, when I became, when I got honest with myself and realized I was a walking can of worms, you know, I, I had to fix that. And, you know, I still struggle with that some days. Hmm. You know. That's very interesting. I it never, is very, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you had, I didn't know you went through all that. Everything you read online, I mean, you just, you know, you served time in prison, then you got out. And, but, you know, I, I love hearing these stories about people, what people done to, to reinvent themselves and right. how they get on the right track. Yeah. And overcome things like that. That's pretty cool. And, and what, what's shocking and what's scary is that there's not many people trying to change themselves in prison because they get in there and they realize that one, one of the flaws of our prison system, the, the federal prison system at least, is this just a warehouse? So people get in there, they get into their little routine, they know what they're, they, they're getting out, and there's no incentive for them to change. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the failings there. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the day you got out of prison, David, uh, what was one of the first things you did when you got out? One of the first things I did was on the way... Uh, down here to Florida, we stopped in Gastonia. I stopped at, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of it, called Aro's Barbecue. Yep. Man, yeah, Aro's Sauce. And man, <laughs> I had me a, I had me a, I had me a big old, I had about three big old Aro's sandwiches, and we stopped at this little ice cream place. It's kind of a, I wouldn't call it famous, but it's oh. been there forever. A little place called Tony's. Yep. Oh yeah, we know about and Tony's. Yeah. <laughs> man, I got me two of their big chocolate milkshakes. And we cruised on down to Florida, and because I, I hadn't had like real barbecue in, in years, I'm a North Carolina boy. Yeah, I love my barbecue. Oh yeah. yeah. Now I've lived in Florida a long time, and that there ain't no real barbecue down here. So, but I have converted some of these heathens to to understanding what barbecue is, and taught them the ways of barbecue slaw. Yeah, you got to have red slaw, man. Damn right. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. So, what took you down to Florida? I mean, was it a job? Was it getting the hell out, or yeah, was it? Yeah, just to get away from everything. Yeah, you because know, all of my, all of my co-defendants they they live right around that area. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got to make I've got to make a change, and uh, so uh, we picked uh, Florida. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good place to go, I guess. Did you have a job wait yeah, did you have a, did you have a job waiting on you or did you have to find something or um um it didn't take long to find because one thing I have learned is like in the construction industry they don't care what you did um it's all about you know, what you they, can they do they want to know about it <laughs> but they they care about what you can do today right. they don't care about what you did years ago mm-hmm. and um uh, they hire a lot of they hire a lot of people with a history. Yeah. And they don't they don't care. They're more concerned about what you bring to the table today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the company I'm with now, I've been with them for seven years. Okay. Awesome. So what do you do now? Um, I run bulldozers. Oh, wow. Bulldozers, excavators, graders, loaders. They're so a big heavy I, equipment I guy. I build yeah. subdivisions and highways. Say again? I said, so you're a big heavy equipment guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no wonder you can get a job with this. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good gig there. It probably pays a little bit better than eight dollars an hour too. So that's, that's probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Finally. Yeah, when I first heard that, you know, you were making eight. I think eight fifteen an hour at Loomis, man. I was like, God, can they not pay more than that? I knew it was, you know, several several years ago, but still, that was what like well, I think we figured it up. It was thirteen and a quarter, I think, if it was today's money. Yeah. Not very yeah. much. It ain't squat. <laughs> no. And you're in there no. looking at all that money every day. Oh, yeah. So I, I, and, uh, I also saw where you were talking about how the smell was. it. So how, explain us, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, man. Well, here's something to think about. All the, um, all the money that you handle has been handled by, you know, hundreds of people. And even brand new money has its own smell. But think about all the dollar bills that have been out there. You know, they've been in strippers, cracks. That's exactly what I was you know, thinking. How, you know, how, how many of us know that one woman that keeps all her cash money in her bra? Mm-hmm. You know, or un- Uncle So-and-So keeps his $100 bill stashed, you know, in his drawers <laughs> or in his socks. <laughs> so you can imagine, you know, the funk that builds up on that, that money. Um, and then you get trapped in this armored car with it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty it's a lovely smell. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Oof. I try not to. <laughs> now I saw one time where you said uh, when they asked you about it on an interview, if you could, if you had a chance, you would do it again. Do you still think that way, or are you a whole different, whole different guy now? Um. Uh, and and this is the one question I always get. Um, I have to be philosophical about it, and right. I'm going to give you the same answer I give everybody else. If if I hadn't, if I could do it over again, if I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't have my daughter and my wife that I have today. Right. And you know, I would have never taken the time to to reinvent myself. I'd have never written my book. And so I kind of have to say, I've I've got to do it again. That's a great answer, man. You know, and that's a great way to look at it too. Yeah. How can we get a get hold of that pink, book? Yeah. Do what? I said, how can we get a hold of your book? Uh, it's on Amazon. Okay. Check it's out. called The Book of Days, A New Path After a $17.5 million Misstep. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Absolutely. So tell us about your um, you know, your life now. I mean, you're married. You got a, you got a daughter. Life is good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and my wife, we've been together now. Good Lord, for coming up on 20 years. Wow. Um, I've got a 14-year-old daughter. And I've got two stepkids. Yep. And, uh, you know, typical dog, cat, mm-hmm. good old normal family, I guess. What does your uh, family now think about your your past life and what you did? and Your, your famous yeah. <laughs> misstep. Oh, you know, when I first told my wife years and years ago now, uh, she thought I was joking with her. She thought I was, you know, pulling a fast one. Yeah. And then I said, well, I'll tell you what. This was back when Google was still kind of, like, new. <laughs> but I'll tell you how long ago it was. <laughs> and uh, I said, all right, just uh, put my name in Google and see what pops up. I walked out of the room. <laughs> and I hear my wife in there just cackling. <laughs> okay? She thought it was the funniest. She like you hit this from people? I'm like, I feel like I got to, kind of. 
<laughs> and um, we talked about it, and I told her the story. And um, once it kind of settled on her, it didn't, didn't really seem to bother her. That's cool. Like, well, I kind of understand it. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's not like you was out chopping people's heads off or nothing, you know. You're just, yeah. You're just trying to pay that credit card bill off. <laughs> yeah, and want, want a little bit better life than what you were having. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And she was kind of like you. She's like, you know, you and I, you way not to hurt anybody. You know, you 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 didn't rob any individual. Right. You robbed the government, basically. Yeah. You know, who 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 hasn't thought about, you know, taking the Mickey out on the government? You know. Yeah, and then everybody who's ever seen an armored truck has thought the same thing you thought. Oh yeah, yeah we could just rob that oh, truck. Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody said that. I, I think that's one of the things that that people like about the story because. Everybody's played cops and robbers, and had their turn being the robber. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, tell us about. Uh, then you, you got to be uh, what a consultant for the movie, right? Yeah, masterminds. Did you get to go out to on um, be on set or that kind of thing, or they just talk to you about it? Yeah, I went. To, I was on set there in Asheville for a while. Oh, cool. Got to meet Zach and Owen, and uh, Kristen Wiig. Got to meet the whole cast. Yeah. What did you think about them making a movie and sort of putting of a, a comedic twist on that? Spoof. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, because to me, you know, after all these years, it is kind of damn funny. Yeah. If you think about some of the ridiculous things that went on, mm-hmm. and, you know, so offended by it, so. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Right. That's like when uh, we was first started doing the story, we were, you know, went and listened to some other people do a podcast on it and read up some stuff. And there was a lot of people just giving you guys shit, you know, and just clowning on you really hard. And I told Donnie, I was like, man, these guys are just from down the road. We'll do this. And, you know, but I don't think we need to clown on them out hard. You know, this. but then we got into it and all the stuff that them guys were buying and spending on this, spending on this. It's like, holy shit, you can't really tell this story without without putting the comedic spin on it because it, it's just funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, it, it used to hurt my feelings because who was it? Some comedian was doing a radio show, said something. And, you know, it kind of stung me, but I've got to the point in my life now where, you know, they're right. It is damn funny. And, you know, I shouldn't take it personally. And it's just, it's just a story. And yeah. it happened. And it's funny. And, uh, I move on. Well, hell though, the, you but, weren't you the know. one really, one that should be getting clowned on. Cause really you didn't do anything, but just go to Mexico. Chambers and them is the one yeah. that just did all the ridiculous stuff. I mean, when you go up from a, a trailer to spending $600,000 in $20 bills to buy a 7,000 square foot house in a gated community. I mean, come on, man. And especially if you got to have your big Elvis yeah. painting and a pair of new boobs. <laughs> I, I still think my favorite thing is the giant velvet Elvis. Of course. Oh, I've yeah. always thought, I've always thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, and, What's funny is I think that did turn out to be an actual valuable piece because the ones that size were like rare and they'd actually bought something worth a damn. <laughs> as gaudy as that sounds, it was like a rare, it was a rare velvet Elvis. Go figure that one out. Yeah, it is funny because that's always the first thing out of inter- almost every interview. The big house and the velvet Elvis <laughs> comes out, but even before I the BMW. <laughs> So it's really cool. The BMW with the zebra, with the zebra cover, 
the zebra skin cover. Yeah. And the cheetah carpet in the oh. house. Not this mess. Yeah. Wild. The fake, the fake boobs and the big diamonds. I yeah, love yeah. it. Oh yeah. But played for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and you know we're 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 from North Carolina. How many how many football fans y'all know? I mean, I, my my nephew at one point he could recite every player on, you know, like four or five of the teams. Right. And you know, as soon as that guy opened his mouth, he was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't be a Dallas Cowboy because I played that year." Nipplish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't pick I mean, the Cowboys if you're gonna pick hard, one. <laughs> you know. Right. Some diehard football fans in that part of the world. That's right. Yeah, football players with uh, selling laundromats out of Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, if they hadn't done those things, the story wouldn't be nearly as interesting. We still wouldn't be looking for you today, would we, brother? <laughs> Probably. It, it's pretty cool. Yep. So when you you were in Mexico, what, like five months, right? Is this, was that right? Is it yeah. that long? October to Fair March. About five, yeah, five, six months. So that whole time you were just doing whatever you wanted to do, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Except for that one part when you're kind of hiding, worrying about somebody trying to kill you. That probably got a little nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. Well, David, I think it's about all we got, bud. Okay, dope. We just um, want to see where your life was now and recap on a little bit of things that, you know, we had some questions on. and Talk to a hometown boy, and we, we're kind of proud of you, the way you turned yourself yeah. around. And, you know, I'm going to check this book out and see what's going on with that. And uh, we appreciate right. you being on. And like I say, if you ever get back right. up this, this way, Cleveland County, Gaston County, give me a holler. Yeah, let us know before you come. All right. When we get off here, message me your address, your mailing address, and I'll send you out a shirt and some different merchandise. All right, cool. A yeah. shirt from our podcast, man. Heck yeah, man. We really, really, really appreciate you taking time. I know you're a busy guy, and you probably bust your ass at work all day and come on here and holler at us for a little bit. I appreciate yep. it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. All right, Dave. fun. All right, David, we're going to get out of here, All right, bud. Man. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank Y'all you. take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, we want to thank David a lot for being on the show today. It was a super, super interview, and he's so gracious to let us talk to him. Yeah, and I know, man. That was cool, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Great yeah. guy. Yeah, it was. And I love hearing how he turned his life around and living on the right side of the law. Yeah, that was a great answer when I asked him that, you know, as far as would he do it again, he was like, yeah, because he wouldn't have the life he had now if he didn't if he didn't do that. So, that's, yeah, that's awesome. So that was really, pretty cool. And we're going to get out of here, Dale. All right, brother. And this is uh, Angie Williams's Angie. Angie's Angie. Be safe, be careful, be aware of your surroundings, because the next episode could be about you. This is the, the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles.